This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Zeta are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to another fantastic episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm Scott Chudy, your host, and with us, you love him. He's here for at least another year. Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Oh yeah. Daniel son. What happens next year? <laughs> no, that's up to you, sir. That is up to you. If it was up to me. You're here forever. I'm I mean, not saying it's kind of ominous. Like he's here until next year. Like, what do you know that I don't, Scott? <laughs> uh, I don't know anything. I know nothing. Um, I'm. I, I just thought it was cool because it rhymed. You know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I can. I can accept the coolness of just pure rhyming. Yeah. Okay. Rhyming is cool. I don't do it a lot, but occasionally it's cool. Yeah, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm uh, pretty good. Oh, I got you. I got you. <sighs> I'm going to just say this and be... I, near the end of the holiday, raise your hand if this was you, ready to go back to work. Like, ready to go back to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just, sometimes there's just too much to do at the end of December and I'm just done with it. And every, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to go back to work. At least I can kind of manage expectations there versus manage these ridiculous expectations that I set upon myself. I'm, I'm the worst person at it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that was my experience. How about you, Dan? I will say that I feel like Man, I, I was ready to go back to work, but, mm -hmm. but my first day back, mm -hmm. man, that day was tough. That day really? was super tough. You know, it, and not for any, like, any bad reason, but just like, okay, back in the office, uh, let me get in the car, let me drive back to work, let me figure out where I got to go again, and oh, yeah. uh, I've had too much time off, and oh. oh, man, I'm really tired. Why am I so tired? Well, probably because, you know, like I'm sitting here in the office and like, man, it's three o'clock. I'm ready to go. Maybe home. I'll go home early. Yeah. Oh, I probably shouldn't do that. That that's such a bad precedent for the new year. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a remote, mostly person. I love going into the office when I have the opportunity to go to the office, but it requires a plane ride to go to the office. You know what I'm saying? Which is fine. So it's a long commute. It is a long commute that <laughs> I don't have to do every day. Thank goodness. but. Um, I will say, like, from the remote experience, it was, like, a lot of people mailed that day in. Like, yeah, 
Probably. Uh, Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was good. It was good. I'm glad you had a good holiday. You know who I bet also had a good holiday? You love her. Here she's back, everybody. Zeta's in the house. Zeta. Hey, Scott. (laughs) How's it going, my friend? Oh, things are doing great. I'm so happy to be back at it. I'm so happy to be back. And a whole new year, Mm -hmm. whole new us. Mm -hmm. I have some questions for you, Scott. Oh, no. Resolutions. Do you have them? (laughs) Do I what now? Do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? There's like anything that you're looking forward to this year. Okay. Loaded question. Um, uh-huh. That being said, yes, I do have some New Year's resolutions. Um, um, get back into reasonable shape mm-hmm. is number one. Um, the shape that I have chosen, by the way, is a triangle. That's the triangle shape that I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and try to get into. Um, I'm kidding. No, um, that that's that. You know, I, I if I can be completely honest, like before the show, we were kind of talking, like, where do we put our efforts and where do I put my energy and making sure that I'm doing like, the stuff that we're doing here is great. And I want to make sure that I'm putting enough energy here to, to really have a, an impact because this brings me joy. So more joy yeah. in my life is another resolution that we're going to have. How's that? Being a triangle. Like the best. Yeah. And having more joy. How's that? I think uh, having more joy mm-hmm. is perfect. Uh, tell me how being a triangle tracks because I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> I needed it. Think about that, and we can talk about that shape when we're done. Daniel-san, how about you? New Year's resolutions, things you want to do this year? I don't do New Year's re- resolutions. Uh, yeah, uh, because I feel like that's just setting yourself up for success. If you've, if you've got an element that you want to change, you should probably, at that moment, start setting up what you want to do rather than being like, ah, oh, you know what? Because of the day, I'm going to do some introspection rather than like, you should just do the introspection when the moment strikes you. I feel like that's healthier. I'm a party pooper. Sorry. No, you're not a party pooper. That's the way to go. Like if you're not constantly trying to be the 2.0 version of yourself, something's up, right? So this idea that once a year we get to go and say, I'm going to do this this year, um, which isn't necessarily bad. Like, okay, cool. But what does tomorrow mean? I guess. Is that what you're trying to say? Like, no, hundred percent. Like you said, version 2.0, I'm like, I'm on like version like 7.1 of Daniel. And that happens just because it's like, like, you know, like, man, I should probably lose some weight. Uh, if that thought strikes me in like the middle of the year, I probably shouldn't wait till like the new year to be like, Oh, you know what? In January, I'm going to start working out. Like, Nope, that's a bad idea because eventually mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but January will come to an end. And then the whole cause oh, no. for that, like, let me go get a resolution, will will be gone. Well, see, right. that's the reason why I think of it as like a focus because you want to improve, right? But to like grab one little bit, one little section, like a focus, like finding more joy, mm-hmm. stressing less. Like for me, I just want to learn. Ooh, okay, here it is. It's Kanai, C A N I. Do you guys know what Kanai stands for? No. Constant. No. And never-ending improvement, can yep, I? Yep, yep, right? Yep, yep. That's oh, what yeah. I, the people that work for me, that's what we've got on our our uh, deal for this year. We learned last year, we got for next year. Hey, we're going to create an environment 
of constant, never-ending improvement, which is Love totally it. awesome. Yeah. Love it. Kind of like the show, constantly and never-ending improvement uh, applies to what we're doing, which is a great segue to our guest, our our first guest of the year. Um, super excited. So without further ado, we're going to learn all about her in our segment that we call, What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? Crystal. Scott. What's your deal, my friend? I love this. Well, my deal is I am a game changer. You know why? Why? (laughs) Because I find fun ways to educate. And it's awesome. So I've been doing this for 28 years. And I know you want to be a triangle, but in the past, I've been a trapezoid. And would you like to know why? Yeah, please explain yeah, I'll that. Bite. Yeah, <laughs> trapezoid. No, this is what I'm intrigued. Those fun time out, like, time out, yeah. time out. Please describe a trapezoid <laughs> for those people who, like me, are like, I know what it is, but I can't okay, visualize, are you ready? visualize it. it. What is it? Yes. It's a quadrilateral. <sighs> Does that that help? has done me no good. <laughs> you you have you it's def- a quadrilateral, oh, oh, but not okay. a parallelogram. There oh, we go. That, that, <laughs> that, that clears everything up, uh, math nerds. No. <laughs> what else? <Yeah. laughs> so you have you know one side that's a little shorter than the other, and then the two sides that come in. But this is why. I love trapezoid. Okay. This is what this is what I used to do with my kindergarten students. They can never remember the names of all the shapes, especially trapezoid. I said, but listen to it. It sounds like what a superhero would say. Trapezoid to the rescue. Is that not fun? That's so awesome. (laughs) Kids used to run off of the bus and say, you know, Miss Crystal, trapezoid to the rescue. And I'm going to tell you, this may blow your mind, but they would also say, don't ride on the bus, ride on the wrong bus. Oh, unbelievable. All right, everybody. Thank you guys very much. Have a great night. (laughs) We're done. Yeah, game changer, game changer right here. But really, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission, Scott and Zeta and Daniel. I want to build communication between the classroom and the home environment through exciting games, strategies, and activities. I want teachers sees it in the classroom so they differentiate instruction, that they get kids excited about learning so they're not bored, that they're actually looking at other people, other humans in the face and communicating with them instead of ignoring them. And then I want them to push it home so that family members, uh, they know how to engage in their child in creative ways that's going to help, you know, happen to increase their math and literacy skills without them even knowing. And build a little competition. Game changer. Wow, that's that that is so great. And I just can't wait to dive into it yeah. and talk about some of my favorite things, which is playing games. So without further ado, everybody, let's get into our topic of the week. All right, our topic of this week, Game Changers, Fun Ways to Educate for Both Kids and Adults. 
Great stuff. Crystal, we'll start with you. Like, what are the benefits of playing games as a child? Oh, so many different benefits with um, with children. Depending on the type of game, they're going to develop their motor skills, their coordination, their balance. Um, you know, with uh, children, you're also helping them with their attention, strategic thinking, teaching them how to win and how to lose, right? Like today, so many teachers will say to me, you know, my kids who are gifted, the minute they experience failure, they quit. So I said, you know what we have to do as teachers and as family members? We have to give kids opportunities to play games and lose. They need to feel it in the loving hands of the adults around them. So it helps them, you know, physically, cognitively, emotionally, and it gives them something to talk about with other kids, especially our kids that tend to be a little more introverted. If they're playing, say, like um, a fact fluency game and they're, you know, whipping out the facts really fast, they're actually communicating with their neighbor and it gives them something to talk about afterwards. So, so many benefits. That's awesome. How about for adults? Why is it important for us to keep playing games as adults, both inside the workplace and outside of the workplace? Oh, so many reasons. Um, So I train educators. And honestly, when I plan for my events, I always include games. And it's funny because sometimes, like if they're high school teachers that I'm working with, they'll say, you know, Crystal, we can't really do games with our kids because that's really like, it's too elementary. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Today, I spent the day at a high school doing math games and had so much fun. Um, same with adults. What does it do? It, you know, gets them physically engaged. It will cognitively challenge them. Again, the social emotional pieces there as well. Um, but it creates um, creativity and imagination. Um, and I think it just gets people's blood flowing a little bit. That is incredible. Um, one of the things that you brought up right away, and I'm so glad you brought it up, like this whole idea of learning through failure. Yeah. Which I think is one of the best ways to learn. And as an educator or someone that's in the learning space, how many times do we create activities with failure built in? Because here's a nice safe place for people to fail where they can learn really great, right? We're not going to spend a million dollars. No one is going to die, we hope, right? Um, And we can learn from it, right? It's such an important thing. Mm -hmm. The most important critical learnings I've had Throughout my life are those things that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. So I think it's finding those opportunities to build failure models into what we're doing, big, small, whatever, and then have reflection back, which is also a great place for learning. Super, super critical. Yeah, absolutely. Because the best lessons come from failure. You don't forget them. (laughs) I I absolutely agree. I think... Last week, last episode, I joked about, I didn't joke, but I I mentioned like Super Mario Brothers and how it's a really great introduction to like training. And it's because failure is built in. Yes. The very first stage as you're playing it, you're given three lives, you're given three attempts. And if you die, you just go right back to the start. And like, even in that moment, like the game teaches you everything you need to know. And like those first, like that opening level, like, hey, here comes a guy. If it touches you, you die. The game doesn't like turn off. It says, okay, you know that now. Yeah. Go back to the beginning. Yes. You know, like, hey, when you smash blocks, 
look, stuff happens. Coins come out. Mushrooms come out. Look, if you fall in this hole, you die. The game doesn't turn off. You, you can't ever play it again. You just get to go right back to it. Do it again. 100%. Yeah. You get better yeah. at it every time you try. Yes. Which is awesome. Oh, yeah. If kids I, only felt that way with writing. Everyone <laughs> <I don't laughs> it. You get better. <laughs> I, I think I was listening to uh, Stephen King, and he was talking about writing. And um, he says, take, you know, read through your stuff. Take the worst stuff you've got. And throw it away, and then look. Take the best stuff you wrote and throw that away too, because it's just words. And like that's like one of those things. Like you talk about like failure, and just talk about yep. like getting the ideas across, getting like the point and the purpose rather than the fail. Like yeah. failure is important. Like I just yeah. today was talking with somebody about the culture they had built and how awesome it was that they left room for their teams yeah. to fail, and then a safe the psychological safety to like be like, Hey, I goofed up, but now I'm never going to do that again yeah. because I know that yes. it's awesome. Yes. Oh yeah. Like you, the first try you won't fly. Imagine if the Wright brothers only had one life. They yeah. would have never taken off. Right. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's so funny because you create that environment where there's psychological safety around making mistakes, which we do every day. Right. So I'm going to make a mistake every day. Like I made one today. Right. So, um, and in a meeting, I was corrected. Well, make sure you change this in that slide because it's wrong. And it was wrong. And so um, I remember it was with my team and I had a little Teams chat, which can happen. Right. So we're chatting during the meeting in a side channel. Right. We're kind of like, I'm like, shame, whoops, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, no, 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 no. I think that's good. Right. It's an opportunity for us. Technology opportunity for us. They're going to talk what's going on. I said, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Whoops. I should have checked that. And all of them, all of them came back, said, no worries, man. You got this. Yeah. It's not a problem. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. We're not. One of the things I say all the time, like, we're not saving babies here. Yeah. And if we would, it might be different. Right. So <laughs> but, but we're not like and if you are saving babies, God bless you. Be perfect every time. Like, that's really important. Yep. But what mm -hmm. I'm doing today. Ain't that important. And so it really isn't. I mean, yeah. it is, but it's not. So we're not saying, baby, you made a mistake. Yeah, I can fix it, learn, make, move forward. I'll make sure that I have people proof my work next time before I show it up. Like, that's totally, totally cool. Yeah. Um, transition, if I could. Like, one of the, some of the things, let's talk about some of the games that you're creating in the K through 12 space mm -hmm. and how you are facilitating those games both inside and outside of the classroom, because I think it's really cool and important. Yeah, awesome. So we have a, a product called Learning Link, and they are two to six minute videos. And the platform embeds them into an email that the teacher sends home to parents. The beauty behind that email is that there's no password for the parent. All they do is open up the video. Why? I build everything that would make my life easier. And passwords are the one thing that I tend to forget every day. Um, so when the family member opens up that video, it's an animated video with a game, a strategy, or activity in either literacy or math. It's standard space. Again, the teacher can play it in the classroom uh, for additional practice before they send it home. Um, but it models for the family how they can engage with that game with their child. And because, believe it or not, 
there are people that don't like math. Can you believe that? <gasps> no. No. Like, no, that's heresy. It's terrible. Like, trapezoid to the rescue here. So we literally, <laughs> we teach the concept quickly. And what's awesome, because, you know, I'm a former math teacher, but I have a child who's in Algebra 1. And, you know, there are things that come home and I'm like, oh, man, I better look that up. I don't remember how to do that. It's been too long. <laughs> Um, our videos, they show, graph, you know, through images, through graphics to the parents how to do it. So that way they don't even have to, you know, show their kids they don't remember how. Because I know my daughter, she has said to me, Mom, I thought you were a math teacher. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's been a little while since, since I did linear equations. <laughs> that okay, i'm gonna i'm gonna admit something one of my favorite games when i was much younger and i'm gonna you know, date myself here uh was called number crunchers oh hi nice. and it was like a, a really basic green shaped guy that you had to like oh what's multiples of five and you have to crunch the numbers that were the multiples yeah. of five and i got to admit that i think that math game like helped unlock the love of math like yeah. oh hey it's not just you know doing homework yeah this can be fun can this can be, be engaging it, it yeah. can be so much fun and I love it especially when I'm working with adults because a lot of adults still don't like math either and when I will do like my rock paper scissors multiply game or even monkey in the middle where you're using five playing cards to write an equation they get so competitive and the noise oh, no. volume in the room goes up and it's pretty much like get them all excited and then you have to bring them back down so you can move on to the next topic. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really awesome. I, I, you know, we could probably go round robin with cool games that we've, we put in. I know that there was one point in time we, I, I used to do week long uh, instruction for fire alarm install techs. Right. Um, which is not an exciting topic. Okay. It, it is certainly not anything that I would want anybody to go through. Um, those people need it because it's important and it was important. But I remember we, um, one of the things that was always a challenge was there was always a different level for me. There was always a okay. different level of competency in that room. Like you yeah. have people that have been doing it for 30 years, you got other people brand new, whatever. And so from a review perspective for start off like day two, so day one is just like, Dump. We're just going to yeah. dump you all this stuff, right? Somebody kill me, right? So at the end of all that, like either at the end of that day or at the beginning of the day, what I wanted to do is do a review. So I created a little Jeopardy game on all that kind of stuff. Massive hit, uh-huh. right? Massive hit yeah. for, for that. By the way, there are templates for Jeopardy all over the internet. Yep. Um, you can certainly find it's... Um, and I think I probably reused that template for, oh my God, eight or nine different clients in the room and whatnot. And you can be creative. Like you don't have to build a board and have little buzzers and stuff like that. Like you can, you can have people make their own buzzers. Like I had people make your own buzzer. Well, what does that sound like? Well, you tell me what that sounds like. And people would say, well, Scott's the best. That's my buzzer. And, what? and people would be yelling that out and all that good stuff. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there are myriads of ways to apply competitive learning or even um, competitive gameplay within what you're doing to reinforce stuff. And even those people who, for whatever level of competency, can't participate at a level that somebody else who maybe have more experience in, they're learning, right? So through that process of game 
participation and observation and learning. It's just, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, there's actually some background um, with game playing and why it increases engagement. So I worked with John Antonetti and Dr. James Garver, and they have 17,000 class, uh, classroom walkthroughs, can't be wrong. And they did a lot of research on Phil Selecki's work called Working on the Work. And really what they did is they identified eight engaging qualities in a learning environment that will really raise that participant's engagement so that they're learning. Um, And several of those is novelty and variety, which gaming will do that. Um, Learning with others. Also giving like personal choice behind uh, different situations in games can raise that level of engagement. So whenever you have three of those eight qualities, you're going to have BIA. Do you know what that means? No. No. If you're a teacher, it's called butts in the air. So when kids are out (laughs) of their seats and their Mm -hmm. booties are up in the air because they're just so excited and having fun, that's what you're going to get. One of the things that I know you've talked to me uh, on the side about is this idea of um, abstraction, which I think is a really important concept when we're thinking about designing learning, designing learning games. Could you kind of expound on that for our audience? Because I think it's a really important yeah. part of what we're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So abstraction is when you take a complex concept and you make it easier for the player to understand. So for example, most of us, we've all played Monopoly before, right? Or the game of chess. Um, and really the abstractions are to such a degree that financial monopol- monopolies and military strategies are literally reduced to the space of a game board. Um, so it makes it possible for players to engage with the concepts of the strategy and the financial acquisition without having to experience war or being a monopoly themselves. Um, so it's possible to manage them um, through games in an easy way for them to grasp. And, you know, Daniel with um, Mario Kart, they don't have to worry about oil changes or getting gas, right? Uh, I can think of a time I was in charge of a team and we needed to like up engagement and like we needed to teach, you know, frontline agents really complicated like customer service, like system skills. And, you know, it's always a struggle because like how much access do you really have and how much can they really be in the system? And you need to you need to teach them a whole bunch yeah. in like eight hours. And, you know, this person was like, well, we could make it a game. We could turn it into a game and we could like hide like all of these little bells and whistles in the system and have them doing the same things and then reveal to them like, hey, just so you know, what you've really been doing is using the system this whole time. And but we won't tell them till the end. And I was like, oh, man, like that seems at first at first I was like, oh, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. But then I thought about it. and I was like, I was like, no, I was like, actually, that's that's really great. Because as soon as you tell them like, oh, hey, you know, let's let's dive into the systems. Let's do this. Like it's it's work. And as soon as it's work, like like, that's that's important. (laughs) But yeah, it's not fun. And like people tune out. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a diabolical plan that I love. And I used to do that. I used to teach in a math uh, lab and I had walls of manipulatives. So my students would come in. I was like, listen, we're playing with toys. But if you see the principle, they're called manipulatives. (laughs) (laughs) We just had so much fun. Um, 
But, you know, there is research behind this, too, as well, when you turn things into games that people retain that information and that recall um, longer and better. It's uh, really the Federation of American Scientists. They found students recall 20% of what they hear, 30% if you add a graphic to it. Um, but if you put it in a game, 90% retention. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. learning by doing. That's very Nothing powerful. Better. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. So, like, I, like a, as as somebody who's been building training and the, for years, you know, we get into these ideas of like how long a training should be. Like, oh, I've really got like ten minutes for this this CBT. I've really got like yeah. maybe like forty minutes for this ILT. And do you think? That's because we're not focused enough on engagement yes. when we're building. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't even yeah. have to think about that. Absolutely. Because if you even knew that I had like a four day instructional leadership institute while we're analyzing data with people who don't like math, they love it. They keep coming back year after year after year. Why? Because every year there's a theme, people are dressing up. We change it up every 20 minutes. We make sure they're learning with others, that there's choice, that there's personal response. We model our expectations. If you put in all of those qualities, you're going to get a lot of BIA. And let me tell you, by the end of the week, they still are like, I can't believe it. But I went home and I was analyzing extra data. I cannot believe this. So if you just novelty and variety needs to make it fun. That's awesome. I feel like yeah. I feel like too often, especially like in in adult education, we just get the mentality of like suck it up, buttercup, so to yeah. speak, and like okay, you just have to, and you have to learn this for your job, and so and then like when retention is really low and the training doesn't land, we're like, what happened? Yes, and so I to like really it. talk about, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Why so like to like focus that? in, yeah. <laughs> So like to yes, focus in on like <laughs> on like on using games as like this engagement tool is is awesome. I love it. It's awesome. I love how you brought up the environment, right? So one of the things that I think is really important when I used to train facilitators, it's one of the first things we teach them, right? So create a safe environment. Yeah. Well, we don't teach our facilitators a lot is create a fun environment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you I love it. We have a theme. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's 20 degrees below zero in the middle of Winnipeg, Canada. Tomorrow is beach day. Okay. <laughs> so wear your best Woo! beach stuff. And they all show up. They all show up all beached up. They all got their flip flops on. They're super happy. And guess what? We've got, we've got some learning going on. Um, or, you know, sometimes, uh, I shouldn't say sometimes, but one of the tricks I always have to do, like people, actually learn better if they can fiddle with stuff. And so throwing um, little army men, or maybe maybe that's not politically yeah. correct, but you know, I'm talking yeah. jumping jacks and balls and crayons and all this kind of stuff and put it on the table. And a lot of the fuzzy woods would walk into my room and go, what, what, what is this? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving them things to play with yeah. while the learning is going on because they're actually going to absorb the learning a little bit better. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. No, I'm not. Right. And um, today we have challenges with tech, too. So we've got maybe you could talk about that. We've got tech challenges. I'm like, bring tech into it. Yeah. Bring the yeah. bring the tech into it, because you know what? They're going to be on their tech anyway. Oh, that's so right. find a way to go ahead and bring that in. Could you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have a we have a quite a few learning link games that will embed technology in them. Uh, for example, uh, silly Snapchat. This one we have a series called Stop Whining and Just Read with Me already, and that series is really about promoting nightly reading at home because research shows that when families are reading together, it increases comprehension and fluency, helps kids with pacing and prosody in their reading. Um, but the problem is, is we're all really busy, right? Or we're all on our devices already. So parents, if they have Snapchat, they don't actually have to snap it out to anybody, but you can change the filters and hit the button down so it records a video. Now, I have a child with ADHD who is very high energy. This child will say, Mom, can we do some more silly Snapchat? And he will literally sit there an hour. We'll go through a, like all of the filters with all of our stories, but he's so engaged and he loves it, right? Um, so it's a way of taking technology because I, most homes, I'm just assuming from the people I talk to and even my own home, people are on devices a lot, right? And we tend to ignore our families. So if we can actually, if we're still holding that that device, we can still engage in it. And there's also other reading activities for example, if you're giving a child something to read that's slightly higher than their lexile measure, which is like their comprehension sweet spot, if you have them reading it once while you're recording it on a phone and you give them specific feedback on how to say it better, like, you know, like maybe the sentence says, fabulous learning nerds is the best, but the child's like going, fabulous, you know, sounding it out slowly, learning nerds. But then the parent says, you know what? It's fabulous learning nerds. So then the next time when they read it, they're recording it, they're saying it a little bit better. So it's teaching the parent how to give their child feedback to the end where they have that expression. These are like the fabulous learning nerds. And it's right there. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of ways you can use technology with learning. Is there glitches and problems with technology? Absolutely. Is it ever going away? No. So we need to embrace it. Did I answer your fantastic. question? You did. I love that question. That is fantastic. I love that. Thank you. Hey, so here's a really good one, but right back at you, right? So we've been talking a lot about games, talk about design, right? So for those of us that are want to add a game into our curricula either either that's a you know 20 minute class that we're doing or uh, maybe it's a it's a week-long class that you're building or whatever it is that you're building out so what's best practice around around how I, how do I build that in do I do I come up with that activity first um do I build that activity after we identify a you know, the, the key points or, you uh, know, what's your experience gone. been okay, as far as building it up? Gone. Yeah. So, so really what I do as an educator, first and foremost, I always have to know where my student is, whether they're a child or an adult. So I'm going to do a formative assessment in any situation, which formative assessment means for learning and understanding. You can use games very easily as a formative assessment to quickly size up your room do they know the concept? Do they not know the concept? 
Then from there, what you can do is you'll know if you need to teach a little bit more background knowledge and then use the game as reinforcement and practice. So there's like a there's really a million ways you can do it, Scott. It just depends. But it's I think I think the key secret sauce is knowing where your participants are and where you want them to go. And so you can use the games in the beginning to see where they're at. You can use the games in the end for practice. You can use the games, like Daniel said earlier, during the middle while they're, you know, they're learning it. I'm asking a lot of questions, but I'm super hyped. Like, I love, I love <laughs> games. This is great. But I'm going to throw something at you, which is an activity that um, a lot of times um, in adult learning we're asked to use. We, we know it's effective, yeah. but people hate, and that's role play. Like, people hate it. Like, they totally hate the role play. I like, love we're going to role play? Oh, my. <laughs> ah, yeah, I know. I know. My experience, though, is that yeah. I don't have 100 crystals in my class. <laughs> I have a 100 other people in my class that, that just hate it. And so we try to mask it and say, today we're not going to role play. Today we're going to skill practice. But I found that adults have now figured that out. Like, oh, you're really going to role play. You just changed uh, the name of it, right? <laughs> so. I have an idea for you. How do I get the same results, right? So I know that it's effective. I'm going to practice what I taught, and it's great. How do I get the same results in a different way without dumbing it down and, and or trying to trick my audience? How's that? Okay, so here's an idea. You could tell me if it would work with your content. But I'm thinking reader's mm -hmm. theater, and you write it out in scripts. And they actually have to act up as a character. And if you wanted to, you could give them really cool costumes. But to make them want to do it more, you could give them choice. So they have to pick which character they want to be. I don't know. Would that work? I want to say I want to live in the world where I look at a room full of directors and I'm like, guys, I brought costumes. <laughs> And we're going to be doing some role play activities. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, could you do sports teams instead? Could you do sports teams instead? And they have to maybe write it as like a sports cast. I mean, you have to obviously know your audience. So what makes sense? Nope, it's no. all going to be Shakespearean theater with <laughs> era appropriate costumes. That's what it oh, is Oh, I now. love it. Interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> you have just demonstrated something that's so important because i think a lot of us get into this rut so dan you brought up a really 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 good point <laughs> my directors are gonna think i'm crazy so i'm not gonna do it so we make assumptions right so we are making assumptions about what people are gonna say about our activities before we even put them together and we're throwing them away yeah and what I'm hearing from you, Crystal, is People don't do that. Be brave. <laughs> That's right. There you go. What's oh, the yeah, worst that can happen, Dan? You're going to get fired? Probably not, right? Oh, no. At no, least not that day. Maybe the next day. Listen, but everyone will talk about that training forever. I promise no one will forget That's anything right. that happened in it's that class. It's memorable. 90% right there. <laughs> Boom. Like, we, this is such a, cathartic episode it's a great way to start the year because i truly believe that as as learning folks we we do want to make the world a better place and we and we are fun and we're yep. really good people but somewhere along the way some of that joy just kind of goes away and what i'm hearing from you is just like no no go get that and bring it back 
We're the learning experts here in the room, everybody. Like, we know what we're talking about. It may sound crazy, but just go with me and do it. Like, we're going to totally remember it. Um, oh, yeah. Be, it's 90%. I love it. Be brave and be bold. Be bold, be brave. And you know, the thing is, is I, we dressed up as superheroes one day and I was Elastigirl. Elastigirl. Okay. There's you were Elastigirl? I was Elastigirl. And there's a weight limit on that. And thank God it was virtual because I would have not passed that weight limit. But you didn't oh. know because it was virtual. <laughs> Okay, but I was, you know, I was like, are they going to show up? Are they going to receive this? Well, if you even see the costumes were amazing, they all dressed up. And I'm like, these are teachers. They're like, are they going to do this? Like, there's a lot of high school teachers there. Yeah, we, they were, they were amazing. Superman, Wonder Woman, we had them all. That's good. You just have to try it. And if not, at least you had fun. <laughs> I don't recommend the last girl co- costume. I can't even say her name. See, it's just it's, you know. You got it, Elasta. Elasta girl. girl. Yeah. We could let's make a game out of it. Oh, hey, you got to record it and say it better. Yeah, for sure. What what, a, what learning objective? <laughs> what learning intention, Jimmy? <laughs> um, I love this. We could talk about this all night long, but unfortunately we can't. So what I would love to do is Crystal, um, as we wrap things up, is, is there something that you really wanted to talk about tonight that you didn't have the opportunity to, and, or maybe there's a nice, nice little summary and or inspirational thing you want to leave our audience. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for letting me be on the fabulous learning nerds. Um, but really, I just, I just want to ask you all to join my mission. You know, join my mission to have fun learning. Um, help help me bridge communication between the classroom and the home environment through f- exciting game strategies and activities. If you don't mind, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I believe you'll have that information up for us. Um, we do a monthly fact fluency challenge because so many of the secondary schools I support say, Crystal, can you just get kids to multiply? So we do, <laughs> yeah, we do monthly fact fluency challenges. We've seen 37% learning gains in just four weeks, which is phenomenal. And more importantly, they're having a ton of fun. Like I was in a high school today with high school math students that did the fact fluency, even though they're in algebra and geometry, but because their fact fluency was so slow, it was hindering their, you know, ability to solve equations so you know i'm there today we had a great time eating pizza and playing a lot of games and you know what about the whole failure piece i i raced kids and i was like i don't even care how cute you are you are going down and i maintained my trapezoid hero position (laughs) with 41 (laughs) seconds Nice. (laughs) (laughs) But I got a couple of kids that were trying it a little faster the second time. So just like and follow us, join the mission, join the challenge. Get connected, stay connected, and learn for a brighter tomorrow. Crystal Reeves, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Such energy, really good stuff. I really appreciate you being here. Could you do us a favor? Could you let our audience know how they could connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Go to connectedclass.com 
and you will see lots of opportunities to submit your information or reach us. Or you can even go directly to my email, Reeves at connectedclass.com and ask me any questions. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. We'll have to bring you back again. And I think we'll all wear our Elastigirl <laughs> costumes and, uh, and whatnot. It'll be perfectly a ton of fun. Thank you so much Sign again, Crystal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daniel-san. Yes, Scott. Could you do me a favor? Could you let our audience know how they could connect with us? Absolutely. All right, party people. If you haven't already, email us at nerds at thelearningnerds.com. Email us any questions you might have. Join in on the discussion. I think for this week, we would love to hear if you were going to host a role play learning activity, what costumes would you make your participants wear? I know I'm super excited to hear. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. For our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. And lastly, for more information about us, what we do, and updates that we may have, www.thelearningnerds.com. Scott. Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody. Could you do me a big favor? Could you go ahead and hit that like button? Hit that subscribe button. Share this amazing episode. Share this fantastic episode out with all of your friends. And hey, do me another favor if you could. I'm serious. Like go to iTunes or go to Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review for the show. Because you know what? We want to know how we can get better. Let us know if we're doing a good job. Let us know how we can get better. Because the beauty in all of that is it really does help us get more of what we're uh, talking about out to more people. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Zeta. Now Kesta. And we're your fabulous learning nerds and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.